Who can remember the memory verse? Two one. Acts two one. It was two one this last week. It was two four the week before. Who can tell me what Acts two one is? Victoria. Amen. So I, I, if you, listen, if I don't, if you don't get emails from me on your offering envelope, put your email address because I send it out. Okay. So that you can, you can memorize it or I'll text it to you, whatever, put your cell phone, whatever. So this week we have a new one. It's Acts chapter two, verse 17. Now, what I would do if I was you is I would take a picture of it. That way you'll remember what it is. Amen. And here it is. Acts 2.17. It shall come to pass in the last days, says God. I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Everybody say all. All. That means he's not going to leave anybody out. Amen. He's not looking to leave anybody out. Your sons, your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. Where's Anton? Anton, he's probably in the foyer there. Anton, you're an old man, buddy. Anton gets dreams all the time. He's like, Pastor, I got to tell you my dream. I love it. And I've been dreaming like crazy. So, I mean, I don't mind being old. Hallelujah. <laughs> but your young men shall see visions. Your sons, your daughters shall prophesy. I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. I'm reading it backwards. It should come to pass in these last days, says God. That's his plan. That's what he has planned, to pour out his spirit upon everybody. Amen. Get ready. Spirit break out. Amen. Spirit break out. Fill me up, Lord. Fill me up, Lord. Just let it flow, amen? That's what, we, that's what we're calling for. So today we're going into Acts chapter 2. And, uh, you know, the sign says, the book of Acts to the ends of the earth. Our mission statement, hope for the city, hope for the world. So we want to go from Corona to the ends of the earth, amen? We want to reach closely and we want to reach far. And... Um, so we want to keep that in mind as you're walking with God. What can you do in Corona? What can you do in the ends of the earth? You know, Scott, you could do meetings in Pakistan. You could teach them in Pakistan. You have all the equipment. You have everything. I'll just, I'm going to say, I'm going to schedule you and you teach. Mark, where'd Mark go? He's in the closet out there. Mark, you could teach in Pakistan for me. It's funky hours. You like them funky hours. You like to get up early. Because <laughs> it's like a 12-hour time difference, you know? You're like, Pastor, could you do a 3 o'clock in the afternoon meeting? Eh, can we bump that to 5? Because I don't like to get up at 3 in the morning, you know? But God, God wants to reach far, but he wants to reach here first, Amen wants to reach our city. And I challenge you to begin to invite people to bring somebody with you, amen? Reach out and grab somebody and bring them. So today we start into Acts chapter two, one through four. You know, I'm teaching hermeneutics on Tuesdays. And hermeneutics is how to interpret the Bible. And when you, when you study, when you have a study Bible, you're Chapters are broken down into subdivisions. Have you learned that, Dwayne? Subdivisions. Subdivisions is, is this. Here's the subdivision of Acts chapter 2. Coming of the Holy Spirit. That's the subdivision. 
and it goes one through four. I'm telling you this because I'm teaching you the book of Acts till I'm done. So who knows, it might be, take me a year. <laughs> so you'll know, you can read ahead. You can go and look in your study Bible what the next subdivision is, and then you can read it for next Sunday. I think it's like chapter, it's chapter two, verses five through, I don't know, 20 something. I think next week's gonna be long. It's a lot. So um, why don't we stand this morning? Let's read this together. Coming of the Holy Spirit. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a mighty, a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one sat upon each of them, and they were all filled. Everybody say all. all. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Dear Heavenly Father, as we go into your word today, I pray that, Lord, that you would truly fill us up today, God that you would fill us with the Holy Spirit, Father God, that, Lord, truly our, um, a spirit of prophecy would break out, that our sons and daughters would prophesy. Lord, that our young men would have visions and the old men would dream dreams. That, Lord, that you do a work inside of each one of us today, Father, like never before. But, Lord, that you would pour into each person today. God, whether it's their first time or it's their millionth time here, God, let's pour into each one of us today. We thank you, Father God, for this time of your word in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. They were, remember, if you go back to chapter one, he talks about the unity that they had in that room. And they were still in unity. This is their 10th day in that room, and they're still in unity. And unity is a key for a move of God. For God to move, we need to be united. Can I hear an Amen. You know, people say they want to move a move of God, but they don't always want to submit to God. They stay with the same attitude of heart and expect God to fill their heart. You know, like I said about, you know, putting new wine in an old vessel, it's not good. You need to renew the vessel, amen? You need, need to renew your mind, your, your soul, your, man, your spirit. You need to be renewed in the Lord so that you're not walking the way that you did yesterday, but you're being renewed today, amen? You know, if you move towards God and let it examine your heart with you, he, reveal, he will reveal to, you, reveal to you what you need to do. He will reveal to you what is not of him. He'll reveal to you what has to go, amen? As you press into him, he'll show you what needs to go. And you know, sometimes we don't press in because we don't want him to tell us that has to go. See, because we get used to certain things in our life, we get used to doing certain things, and so we figure, well, I'm okay because God hasn't done anything to me yet. That's just his grace. But the word says it's all gonna be revealed. It's all gonna be revealed. So it's better that we deal with it now to get it out, amen? That you let him examine your heart with you and he'll reveal to you what has to go. So the hooks that I talked about last week um, will have to be removed. So those things that yank on you away from God, God wants to straighten out that hook
and take it out of you. Amen? That's what we need. We need to allow him to do that. Get rid of all those things. And, then, and we need to repent for letting them stay there. Amen? We need to repent and ask God to forgive us. 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, I want you to look at that. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. Now, there's nothing hidden from God. Okay, he already knows our sins, right? He knows what we do. There's nothing hidden from him. You're not hiding anything from God. You say, well, I'm hiding it from you. Well, I don't care. That's on you. <laughs> but don't think we don't know something's up. <laughs> but listen, he's faithful. He's faithful. He's just to forgive. He forgives us. Amen. He's not up there trying to figure out how he can squash you, how he can make your life miserable. He's up there waiting for you to ask, waiting for you to, to confess, waiting for you to just come to him and so that he can just forgive you and that he can cleanse you from all that junk. That's what he wants to do. He wants to give you a good scrubbing. Amen. He wants to cleanse us out. He wants us to be able to be that new wine skin so we can be filled with the new wine, the, the things of God, amen? That's what his desire is. You know, sometimes you need to forgive somebody that's wronged you. Unforgiveness is a killer. If you have somebody that you need to forgive, and, and don't give me this, well, pastor, you don't know what they did to me. Listen. I'm sorry it happened. I really am. Because I know that as people, you, me, we've all been through stuff that wasn't right, shouldn't have happened to us, but it did. The enemy tried to get you off track. The enemy tried to put a hook in you so that you can't fulfill God's plan for you. So we need to forgive we need to release the hold it has had on us by renouncing it. Renounce it. Don't just stop doing it. Renounce it. Say, Father, you know, can I be real with you? I've, I've, I've been doing this quite a long time, studying, reading, talking to people. When I was in Peru one time, they said, they said 95% of all the kids that come out of the Amazon River jungle have been sexually molested. 95. And what they, that does is the enemy puts that sexual hook in those kids that a lot of them end up in prostitution and just being totally sidetracked in life with the sexual spirit. See, that's what the enemy tries to do to young kids, tries to get them to be, to get them molested, to get them to the point where he can get a sexual spirit on them so that they're not gonna be able to, to do what God has called them to do, to put that hook in them that every time they get close to God, God put, the enemy pulls on that hook to get them out there to where they're not able to be what God wants them to be. But it doesn't matter 
how it got there. It matters that we get it removed. That you take the time to say, God, I know this is not of you. You know, I, I mean, I brought up the sexual thing because I know it's so big. It's so big. The enemy has just wrecked havoc on people. But then we've got to break it. We've got to break it. We've got to say, I'm not going to let it go anymore. I'm not going to watch pornography anymore, amen. I'm not going to do the things that God wouldn't want me to do anymore. I'm going to stop having sex outside of marriage. I'm going to stop doing all this junk. You're going to, you can renounce it, Jake. You just, you cast it down. You throw it back to the pit of hell from where it came, and you don't have anything to do with it. You get rid of it. You renounce it. You don't just walk away. You renounce that you ever had anything to do with it. The church has got to rise up. We got to stop just settling that, oh, it's okay. You know, they, they were wounded when they were young. No, it's not okay. The enemy's trying to take them out. They say 60% of men, this isn't my message, but 60% of the men watch pornography. And about 40% of the women getting crazy out there. It's getting bad. And then as the body of Christ, we have to renounce that stuff, cast it down, not have any part of it. Amen. We need to let God arise. Yes, that's right. It's right there in the phone. It's in the palm of your hand all the time. But if you don't renounce it, if you don't get rid of it, you'll stay the same. You'll come here next January and be like, Stuck. You'll be stuck. You'll be the same. God has a desire to do what he did in the book of Acts, what we just read about. But even more, he wants to do more. Amen. What did Jesus, Jesus say in John chapter 12, verse, John chapter 14, verse 12? If you believe the things that I did, you'll do them also. And greater works will you do. You're intended, Greg, to do greater works than Jesus did. You know, I, I used to be down with that. I used to think, oh, I got that. You know, I'm good with that one. And, and the Lord told me one time, he said, believe. He told me for two months, just believe. That's all he told me. Believe, believe, believe. I finally, Scott, I went to another church. <laughs> I went out on a Sunday night. I'm like, I got to get somebody that doesn't know me to tell me what's up. That's what, I was, that's what I was thinking, you know? So I went and, and the guy that come forward to pray for me, I mean, I'm like, I'm like right here and he's like back there and he's laying over the thing and he's touching me. And I'm like, I'm not gonna hear anything. He's not gonna tell me anything. Like what? I'm thinking, what a waste of time. I said, God, talk to me. He said, believe. <laughs> God, I believe. This is Ron King. I believe. He said, believe the works that I do, you'll do greater. I said, I said, Lord, help my unbelief. Because we can say it, but do you do it? Do you step out? Do you lay hands on the sick? Do you believe for them? Because that's what matters. Doing it. Not just reading it, but doing it. Being a doer of the word, amen? 
That's what he's calling us to do. He's calling us to wake up, amen, and that we repent and we get rid of anything that's held us back from that. And it starts with us being united in the spirit for it to happen and removing the hooks that hold us back. We gotta be united. You can't sit in this church and say, I don't like that person over there. And you don't even know them. That's just darn right evil. Creating division in the body that nobody knows about. Because that person doesn't know you don't like them because they've never met you. That happens. Oh, I don't like Pastor Ron. He prays too long. Oh, man, that Liz, man, she just worships way too long, doesn't you? You get loud. You get, you dance on the stage. Oh, my gosh. It's about time, huh? <laughs> I know she's been doing it. John, John said this, Matthew chapter 3, verse 11. He said, I indeed baptized you with water unto repentance. But he who's coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. See, moto, moto. Turn your phone off. Come on, don't get me going. Um, but there, there, let's just say there's a, the wheat and the chaff is just a big pile right here. So it talks about that he'll gather the barn. His winnowing fan is in his hand. So the winnowing fan creates a wind, okay? They would make these places in a windy spot. So they'd build the fire over here. So with their winnowing fan, they'd make, they'd make the wind get going on the wheat because the wheat is heavier than the chaff. So the, the wheat's gonna fall to the ground right there, but the chaff is gonna blow into the fire and burn up. See, this is what he says Jesus is gonna do to us, that he is gonna blow on us and he's gonna see what stays and what goes and what goes is gonna be burned up. Man, all those things that we think are good things, but they're not God things, they're going to burn up. Because I know, you know, we do a lot of good things. Like I, I've told you before, I taught missions in college. And 75% of the missionaries that go out do good things. But they don't do God things. 75%. That's why before I... I we support a missionary, man. I sit him down and I talk to him. We go to coffee, we go to lunch, we talk. We picked up four missionaries in this last year that we're supporting and great people because I don't want people that are just gonna go do a good thing. You know, what's a good thing? Start a school. Painting a building. A hospital. Good things. All needed. But listen, if you don't do the God thing with it. I remember we went to Mexico and built a house. I, I got to share Jesus every day with people out there. You know, I was a designated sharer that day, those, that weekend. 
We built a house and we did neighborhood soccer clinics and preached to them. When we went and fed them, we went to, where did we go? We went to the Philippines. And they had us go to the school every day, different schools, and we handed out um, a magazine. I forget what it was called, but it, it explains the gospel in the magazine. And most schools said they were going to use this as morality training. But what we did, instead of just dropping off bundles to the, to the school, we went to each classroom, two by two, we went to each classroom and we shared our testimony of how Jesus saved us and how he changed our life. And then at the end of the day, we'd go back to one school and we would do, um, we'd do a, what do you call it? Like a crusade, yeah. So we, we would do that. And as we did that, the crusade at the schools, then we would preach on Jesus and I would, I would preach every day. And as we did, everybody came to Jesus. See, so we didn't just give them a magazine. Then we witnessed to them. Then we had a crusade and gave them all an opportunity to get saved. The first time Jake, there was 2,500 kids there, 2,500 kids raised their hand, made a commitment to Jesus. I'm like, somebody take a picture of this. I mean, we're in a high school and these kids are getting saved. Incredible. He's, he's baptizing us with the Holy Spirit in fire so that we can be a witness, amen? That we can live a life of being a witness, but that we don't be silent about it. And he's gonna take the, the good things and just blow into the fire, but all the God things will remain. So that's why we need to be with God and we... And we need to, to be aware of what God wants for us to do. And we know that he fills us with the spirit to, be, to do what? To be a witness. He fills us with the spirit to be a witness. And so that's what God is calling us to be, is that witness, amen? And so that's how, as you go out, I mean, I'm not saying don't do the good things, but make sure you're doing some God things. Step up to that. Because that fire will either purify you or destroy you. The fire will purify you or destroy you. And if we don't let the hooks go, fire can destroy. We need to be pure. We need to be pure, amen? God has called each one of us to be holy. And so this is what we need to be is holy. Holy. So we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit and fire as is promised in the word. As they waited on the Lord in unity, the Holy Spirit came. Not just upon them, but came in them. Now, when you read the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit would come upon Samson and he'd do something great. You know, the Holy Spirit would come upon David and he would do something great. The Holy Spirit come upon us. But now the Holy Spirit would not just come upon us, but it would be in us. Amen? In us. And he'll never leave. He'll never leave. He's with you always. You can go back out in the world and he's still going to be there. He might be going, oh boy. But he's still there. You know, John chapter 14, verse 15, he says, if you love me, keep my commandments. I'll pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide for." with you forever. See, another helper is that Jesus was praying that God would send someone just like him 
to them. And then it says, the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you, and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. So remember, we talked about this a little bit ago, that um, Junior played Jesus and Jake, you know. So, <laughs> But <clears throat> when Jesus was here on the earth, they operated, the disciples operated under the power that was in Jesus. Now Jesus is going up. So he says, you know, he's going to send another just like him to empower you just like he did. He empowered them to lay hands on the sick so that they would recover. He empowered them to cast out demons. He empowered them to do the work of the ministry. So he's saying, I'm going to send you another helper and he'll be with you forever. He'll abide with you forever. That's the promise to us, amen? That's what's coming to us. And then when you, when you get into Acts chapter 2, verses, verse 4, I got to back up here. Acts chapter 2, verse 4. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. They were all filled. Now, who is the Holy Spirit for? The believer. Them that believe, amen? So when you, when you look at that, in teaching hermeneutics, to form a doctrine... It has to be there at least three times. It has to be talked about in the word at least three times. Now you can say, this is for everybody. Greeting with a holy kiss, it's not in there that many times. That was a cultural thing. This guy, man, every time I saw him, he'd kiss me and I'd be like, oh, man. <laughs> Jake, I'm not on you, buddy. It's not you, man. Jake always gives me a kiss too. But I told, I told this guy's wife, I was teaching hermeneutics. I said, tell your husband to stop kissing me. But this right here, right now, this is for everybody all the time. This is for all of us. This is for the believer in Jesus. Because when you read Acts 2 and he poured out the Spirit on all their flesh, all 120 of them began to speak in other tongues. Now turn to Acts chapter 8, verse 14. And now... When the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who, when they came down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet he had fallen upon none of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. So you got Peter and John going down to Samaria laying hands on people, and they received the Holy Spirit. How did they know they received the Holy Spirit? They were speaking in tongues. Okay, go over to Acts chapter 10, 44. And, and the subtitle, the Holy Spirit falls on the Gentiles. Who are we? Gentiles. Unless you're Jewish, you're a Gentile. Okay, so... While, verse 44, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. And those of the circumcision who believed were astonished 
as many as the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then Peter answered and said, can anyone forbid water that these should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then they asked him to stay with them for a few days. See, so before they were even baptized in water, before they'd even confessed their sin, they heard the message of the Spirit and they were filled. And they all began to speak in tongues and glorify God. I remember I was in China one time having a meeting talking to people about the Holy Spirit and every person stood up, every person. So I'm laying hands on as many people as I could and I told my translator, I said, lay hands on that guy. And he's like, I said, why? He goes, he's not born again. I said, he is now. Lay hands, you know, but I mean, he's thinking, man, this guy is, you know, he came in here a sinner, you know, but he confessed Jesus as Lord in my prayer, Jake. As I led, him, led the congregation in prayer to repeat after me, he confessed Jesus was Lord. Peter laid hands on him. That was his name, Peter. He laid hands on that guy, and that guy just, whoo, he took off in the spirit. And then he baptized him in water. Anybody here need to get baptized? One. One, going once. Okay, we'll get you baptized. I'll call you. But we get baptized. I mean, it's, you get baptized in the spirit when you believe. It's not something, God is not trying to hide it from you. He's not trying to hold it back from you. He just wants us to receive it and let it come. That's all he's looking to do. You know, so we got, we got two places that I said. Now Acts chapter, wait a minute, I read two or three. I read three. Where am I at now? I'm on Acts 19. Okay, thank you for keeping me straight. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is on Christ Jesus. That, that his worship team would come back. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them. And they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Now the men were about 12 in all. So when, he, when Paul was ministering, he laid hands on them and they were all filled and they began to speak in tongues and prophesy. Okay, so it's not like they went through prophetic training. They got filled with the Holy Spirit and started prophesying and speaking in tongues. And, you know, I know for me, somebody laid hands on me when I got filled. It was Delana's dad laid hands on me. You know, and then there's, <laughs> I did the food ministry one time. We had, we used to have the indoor meetings, you know, with the food ministry. And I was preaching on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And my, my goal was the first week I was going to do a little, little bit. The second week, a little bit more. Third week, I was going to lay hands on them all. So the first week, you know, it's about purifying and stuff. And many people had come to the altar. And, and as I went to pray for them to be pure, they started praying in tongues. I'm like, not yet. That's not till the third week. 
<laughs> when you lay hands on him, he just comes, amen. I didn't really say that, but I was thinking that in my head, you know. I said, like, man, God is moving. And it was like that in the second week. Many people got filled with the Holy Spirit and started speaking in tongues. I, I wasn't even preaching on it, Jake. I just was leading up to this third day. The third day was going to be, wow. Go ahead and play, Isaiah. See, that's, I've given you four times. Four times in the book of Acts, when they laid, laid hands or even while Peter was speaking, they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in tongues. Even while he was speaking, his, he had an anointed speech. And God came down. But Paul, when he laid hands on them, Peter laid hands on them. They were filled. John laid hands on people. They were filled. See, in speaking in tongues is that initial evidence of it. But it's so much more, so much more of what happens when you get filled. You're empowered to be a witness, to tell somebody about Jesus. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1, says, Pursue, well, it's titled Prophecy in Tongues. Pursue love, desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. For he who speaks, here it is, he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. You speak mysteries when you're praying in the Spirit. And that's great. I mean, when we're together and we all begin to pray in the Spirit, it's awesome. I know God's presence just fills this place. But no one understands Him. But the Spirit will speak mysteries through you. Amen. This is why we need to pray in tongues because we don't always know what to pray. We don't always know what to do. But when we begin to pray in the Spirit, the revelation will come. God will get it from us because it's being birthed through the Holy Spirit in us, amen? And as we begin to speak in tongues, God will just, he will edify you. Speaking in tongues is for you. When I pray in tongues, it's not for you, it's for me, unless I interpret. But when I'm praying in tongues, it's to build my spirit up, amen? God wants to build your spirit up today. God wants to fill you today. God wants to pour out his spirit upon all flesh, amen? That our sons and daughters would prophesy, that young men would have visions and old men would dream dreams, amen? This is God's intent. This is where he's taking us, a move of his spirit in each one of us. God wants to fill us today. Sing.
hooks being pulled out right now. Yeah. Oh, presence, Just let him pull it out of you right now. Just allow him to come and to touch you right now. Holy Spirit, Father, I thank you for your son, Jesus, that he died for me, he rose from the dead, and he's sitting at your right hand. Jesus, fill me with the Holy Spirit. Fill me overflowing today, God. Holy Spirit, fill me up today. As we read about in the Word, releasing us our prayer language that we may speak mysteries to God that only He can understand. Holy Spirit, fill us today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Now I'm going to pray for you. Hold on. I'm going to pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, as we've decreed today, God, 
We've asked, Father God. You said if we ask, we shall receive. As we've asked for the infilling, as we ask for the Holy Spirit to fill us up, I pray that today, Holy Spirit, you'd come, your power, your might, and that you would fill us up. And Lord, as they've asked for that prayer language, God, I pray that you fill them with it today, God, that it just flow in this house today. Father, in the name of Jesus, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Now just begin to pray in the Spirit, up here, down there, in the name of Jesus. Just open your mouth and begin to speak in the name of Jesus. Holy just Spirit, Yes, yeah, 
body. You can come. It's okay if you need healing. But listen, today you've been empowered. By the Holy Spirit, you've been empowered. Amen. What are you empowered to do? To lay hands on the sick so that they recover. Amen. That's what you've been empowered today. That's what today is about. Amen. Being filled with the Holy Spirit. Being empowered by God. Amen. That's what he's done today. He's empowered you. So, where you need healing, you put your hands. You put your hand where you need that healing right now. Put your hands on your head, Monica. Put your hands on your head. Yeah. In the name of Jesus. I say this because you're laying hands on the, watch it, laying hands on the sick, and God's going to recover you today. And we're going to come into agreement, whether two or three gathered together in agreement. Amen. And we're in agreement right now, Father, in the name of Jesus. We come into agreement of your word that declares today, by your stripes, we are healed. And you've called us today to be empowered by the Holy Spirit so that we can do the works of the ministry, Father. That we can lay hands on the sick and that they would recover. And so, Father, we come into agreement with each other today for the healing power of God to touch every person that's in pain right now, every person that has something go on. We speak to that aneurysm and we command it to go in Jesus' name. That it not have a hold on you any longer. That in your next MRI or CAT scan, whatever they're gonna do, their next view, they would not find it in the name of Jesus. We decree that today over you, Monica, in the name of Jesus. No more. And that every back pain, yeah, just pull it right out of her back. Pull it out of her back. Pull it. Pull it. Pull it out. Yeah. Yeah, root it out. Root that pain out of her shoulder right now. Just pull that pain out of her shoulder right now. Yes. Amen. Amen. We just root out, we pull down everything the enemy's tried to do. Whoa. In the name of Jesus, we just root it out today. In Jesus' name. Yeah, Father, just fill it today, God. Just wash over my brother, God. The Holy Spirit just fill him overflowing, God. Let the mighty power of God just flow, wash over him today, God. The new wine skin, God. Hallelujah. 